1: Welcome. Welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, CEOs, passion seekers, the driven people who are maybe not driven, but they're outside the status quo. They want to go do their own thing. They want to explore. They want to discover. And our guests are the exact same way. Every week, we have people from all over the world come in. Some come into the studio, and we talk about what are they experiencing in real time while they're building something of their own. Whether they're an artist, a, you know, a CEO, a consultant, a leader in the community, whatever it might be. Um, because uh, you know, often at times, media glorifies and glamorizes and success. You guys know. You hear me say that all the time. And it's just not that way. And I, I, I we always want the, the the world at large to see that there's always something that, you know, every individual is going through while they're building something. They're human just like you and I. And that you can also learn something potentially that they have. So that way you can maybe shortcut that part of your life. <laughs> um, but either way, you know, you get to kind of connect with them and see... And you guys know um, we're we're a great community. I continue to uh, appreciate and love all of the comments and the DMs and the texts you guys send out. Please also do the same for any of our guests. You know this is a global community, and that's what it's really all about. And you know uh, continue to leave the ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and it really uh, we're we're greatly appreciative of it. And uh, we're going to get right into it. And as you guys know, I'm Matt Gottesman. Uh, I'm the founder of this podcast, founder of HDF Magazine on Instagram. You guys can reach out to me at at Matt Gottesman as well on on Instagram. I answer each and every one of your texts, DMs, emails, you name it. I've been on it for five years doing it with you guys, and I truly, truly appreciate it. And um, we're going to talk today about corporate social responsibility. Now, before you uh, say, wait, what? it's this idea of more that, so first of all, as companies, we're more than just trying to, uh, you know, have, uh, impact our customers, impact their lives, and um, make profit, right? Um, there's a lot more responsibility a brand has in the world at large. How is it affecting the community? What is it doing with the money that it is also receiving, And in any part of its mission and what that means to society at large, what is their active role? Right. And then you probably also seen like a lot of companies out there that are, um, you know, like they went green. Right. Or they they give to certain charities and that's what they're known for. But there's that level, and then there's much further levels. And when you can connect what, why a brand is doing what they're doing and who they're doing it for and how far that mission actually goes, now you're kind of like a company that's like 10 companies at one time because maybe you're affecting um, you know societies of people globally, and that's just a huge deal. And so I've got the perfect person to talk about it. Her name is Tyler Butler. I have known this woman <laughs> for, I believe, oh, 24 Five years would this be about correct. right. Twenty-five yes. years. Uh, she's the CEO of Eleven Eleven Consulting. Uh, I'm going to give her background now. I know her twenty-five years because we were just talking. I believe it was geometry class in high school <laughs> when I first <laughs> well, it was around the time I, I, I moved to to Arizona from from New Jersey, and New York, um, and uh, so I mentioned Eleven Eleven Consulting. It's a a boutique a boutique corporate social responsibility consulting firm. So, uh, meaning that they're focused on aiding companies. That care, right? Um, She's renowned for connecting communities and companies and causes. And I'll give you a little bit of her background so you can understand. Um, In her career, she has had many successes uh, upon graduating from college. She co-founded College Times, which was a weekly publication and was distributed to colleges throughout the state. Uh, She then took on roles uh, in the nonprofit arena when she served as executive producer for the Arizona Humane uh, Society Pet Telethon and led their compassion with fashion event. And then through this nonprofit experience, she saw the opportunity to segue her career towards um, the then emerging discipline of corporate social responsibility, meaning companies are now starting to care. How the hell do we actually initiate all of these programs, right? Well, that's where she came in. And uh, through her role leading a community outreach from Microsoft, she then successfully united this huge company's effort in bringing their enterprise office and the company's retail chain, the Microsoft stores into sync And then her efforts were subsequently replicated throughout the country as Microsoft continued opening stores and working to aid the communities where they operate. You know, Microsoft, that small company? Yeah, that one. And then she went (laughs) to another small company that you guys might have heard of called GoDaddy, uh, where she led GoDaddy's global philanthropic efforts um, and she reimagined their entire CSR program. And she was responsible for creating a meaningful uh, philanthropic strategy for them. Uh, And then she was also the creative force behind their volunteer programs, sponsorship allocations, diversity focused employee groups and their entire international CSR efforts. So no small feat there. And then through her firm, she's helping a plethora of other companies, um, you know, to create meaningful, uh, sustainable, impactful philanthropic programs. And she has learned to uh, impact positive change and awareness for campaigns engaging the entire transportation industry, including. TechForce Foundation, UTI, Nissan, Bridgestone, Shell, and more. It's just a few other small companies. Uh, <laughs> and your background's incredible, by the way. Aww, it's thanks. It's, uh, you know, um, and uh, she's tons of fundraising um, uh, efforts. And then in 2018, she created several successful campaigns. The Art of Fearlessly Giving Back, partnered Fearlessly Deliver with WebPT to showcase a company's giving efforts to raise funds for their charity partners. And then through her work with Child Help, she led an international campaign to support of their heartline in partnership with celebrity spokesperson John Stamos. You guys remember Full House, I hope, or and Fuller House, and now. Fuller House, Fuller House, <laughs> right? Um, and then, um, additionally, her column and blog, Giving in Style, uh, has accumulated a fervent following as she carefully curates crafts and shares stories about people, organizations, and brands. Does that sound like some people we know here <laughs> yeah. that are making our world a better place? And as a subject matter expert in the corporate citizenship arena, she is often a partner to media sources such as Forbes, Entrepreneur, U.S. Weekly, and more. And Tyler will be featured in Forbes magazine's September Changemakers issue as an outstanding businesswoman. So what did you all do today? <laughs> 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 Thank you for being here.
0: Oh, Matt, thanks for having me. It's yeah. so good to see you and, and get to spend some time with you.
1: I, I, I truly appreciate it. And um, yeah, I, I can't believe it's been. A, I mean, I, I've seen you obviously yeah. a, in that time, around town, but but um, but 25 years. And it's funny when you when you go all the way back to like high school and your your only concern is getting through that homework assignment it's and true. then you know now you look forward and you go oh wow okay so microsoft go daddy that's a <laughs> yeah um what uh, you can go as far back as you want um you know i always do that with the first question it's sort of like how how did you fall into that route or decide this is what i want to do um it's a very big role in my opinion mm-hmm. it's a very important role um, and it's a role that continues to get even more important, especially Absolutely. as we move generationally into, uh, you know, newer corporations that are, you know, being founded and run by newer generations. So how did this all happen for you and, and, and go far as far back as you'd like?
0: Well, you know, I always look at the way I was brought up. First of all, my parents were extremely community oriented. I think I don't can't even remember one sports team that I was on where my parents weren't a coach or a team mom or something involved. So they were already volunteering, and I witnessed that and was a part of that growing up. Um, and then as I worked through my career, especially in my experiences with nonprofit, I was also with Easter Seals for years, and you know, you you really got to see firsthand the impact that can be made by companies who are activating programs um, to make a positive difference. And as I saw that you know, happening, I I just couldn't help but see an opportunity to get involved in a a rising arena of business that I felt like really utilized my strong set of skills, which, you know, media, um, kind of that entrepreneurial piece that we talked about with College Times, um, the connectivity piece, People who work in CSR are really connected to everyone throughout their company because there is no one piece of the business that is the activation piece within CSR. It's 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 it reaches out to everybody within the company. Um, so you know, as I saw that happening, and I was working in nonprofit. I was like, you know, I really want to do that. I want to look at resources in a company and and put them into activation to help nonprofits and and work with a whole bunch of different nonprofits as opposed to just, you know, being an executive with one of them. Um, And so I went back to school, actually, and I got more education and thankfully landed a role at Microsoft, which... Really, Microsoft is the world's most philanthropic company, in my opinion. Um, what they do for their employees and the communities where they operate, let alone you know the Gates Foundation, that's a whole other piece, um, is just incredible. And so to be a part of that and learn from them, I think really set me up for success moving forward. Um, And then, you know, recruited over to GoDaddy, which that gave me an opportunity to put all of the learning I had done into practice um, in being really the leader of their global philanthropic efforts. Um, They've always been philanthropic long before I was there. And and the Bob and Renee Parsons Foundation, of course, now today, which is totally separate, um, does amazing work worldwide, just can't, you know, unparalleled. and so really, I was just driven by that opportunity to make positive change, and, and, and it's a challenge as well. You know, as much as you think it's something you walk into a company and everyone gets it and they understand and, and they're just going to give their resources and be there to help, um, it, it takes a lot of conversations to get things done still. So um, I think it's been a long path, but what's fun now is that, you know, we are in this age of more societal awareness as well as you know, millennials coming into the workplace who have a whole different ethos. And those are drivers in moving CSR to be more of a prime initiative within companies. And so now today, I get to be a part of what's really a whole movement within this arena of business.
1: I would think that um, your responsibilities are probably even greater now as a boutique firm. Um, because of the breadth of how much you really have to do here right so because you're you're managing people yeah you're managing perspective of Mm -hmm. why this is even important and you're managing at the management level all the way up to the executive level exactly then you're managing generations of how they understand right uh and and one generation might think (laughs) i'm I'm trying to be i'm trying to i'm trying to watch it's It's funny i'm on my own show i'm trying to watch what i'm saying i just i don't want (laughs) i don't want to make any generation feel bad it's just that I know that the, when you look at the millennial generation, it's very much about like, you know, impact in some way or another because the thinking is just so massively big in so many different ways. Whether it's selfish or not, but even it doesn't matter. They're just they're always saying like, well, what do you do for society? What do you do for community? What do you do for culture? How is your culture here? And then what do you do in terms of like, do you give any of that money away? Like they'll ask questions like that. You know, it is a
0: driving factor. Um, Cone Communications, who's a leader in this space, does a lot of surveying and research. And they've actually found that, um, you know, all things considered, that millennials who go in for an interview will decide on a company that they feel is more parallel with their beliefs mm-hmm. um, over a company that does not. Um, so, and, and that's really driven by CSR initiatives. And so, yeah, to your point, they do ask those questions and it is a part of recruiting now. So it, it, it weaves its way into all parts of business.
1: Isn't that interesting? It's it's interesting that a generation would ask that, like the, those questions and, and and turn down jobs because again, I get it. Other generations are like, do you know what it takes to get a job and the importance and the responsibility that comes with it to a generation that's like, What do you mean? You know that you you, you're going to turn down that job, or that it's not aligned with who you are, and that like I mean, that's a whole. You're you're not talking about a whole mindset that's. Generationally different as well, too, and then, so again, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot in that as well <laughs> that you have. Well, to- and I
0: think CSR has been ushered along by this generation. Right. I mean, you know, as much as people complain about some millennial viewpoints and the way that they may, you know, operate, this is something that they've done that's really positive for business, and that they've made it yes. a priority. And because they're the workforce, you know, they are what's coming up through the ranks. It, it's made it be a priority for the C-suite executives too, and the stakeholders and the board members. And that trickles down to consumers. And so, you know, it's a full circle process and it's really being led by this mindset that is generational.
1: Are you seeing, uh, is this pretty tied closely to conscious capitalism?
0: Yeah, conscious capitalism is very much in line with what yeah. we're speaking to, um, and those are, you know, in my opinion, conscious capitalism is is companies that are really doing it best. Um, yeah. They're really looking at how they can make a positive impact, and it's different for every company. That's the thing, as I think people need to understand. There's not one set formula. It depends on your company culture. It depends on your resources. It depends on what kind of employee base you have. Are they, you know, are they hourly? Are they salary? So everything comes into play when you're looking at what. What kind of programs you should activate for a csr
1: and and for those you know listening um so conscious capitalism just you know knowing and understanding where where is your money coming from where are you sourcing your materials from and where are you manufacturing are people being are employees being taken care of and into consideration um, our customers and their products and their services that they're receiving are they being taken into consideration you know are they the right materials are they you know uh, everything from economic friendly to environmentally friendly to you name it like they're they're on it so you can make money and uh, be really good to people and, and to the world and in fact they actually did a lot of studies with CSR and conscious capitalism that um, there's even higher profitability the more the companies do, that, which is probably also another beast that you've had to deal with because then you get a lot of companies like, We need to do the CSR thing. Well,
0: <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> you're like, all right, all right, all right. And that is a lot of the temperament with it, right. unfortunately. And I don't care why they're putting it to action as long as it's an authentic program. But right. you know, they do look at that. I mean, all things considered, consumers will pay more for a product yeah. if they believe in that company's brand. And, you know, brand longevity has so much to do with what the consumer thinks of you. And that has to do with how you're, you know, what sustainability. Practices are in play. How you're treating your employees, everything you just spoke to with, with conscious capitalism, is how people are making decisions in their buying habits
1: now. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and then and it's so. I always think it's funny when you see some of these like jokes on on YouTube. Like I saw one with like a, an older generation, a guy who put out this YouTube was like mocking millennials and like about the the way that they choose their food and like you know, I'll have mm-hmm. it, I'll have a this minus this, this and this, and make sure there's no GMOs, and make the you know, and, like laughing at them, But <laughs> yeah. but you know, but it's like, but they're willing to pay for. Quality and 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 keep in mind that it's a the generational side of things is also because um, we can't keep pace with what had already previously existed mm-hmm. um, because much. we um, there it's it's done it's broken and we're and we're the ones who are going to already have to fix it or our own health and whatnot but another conversation for another time yes. um with with CSR like what are some of the misperceptions that people yeah. you know going into it, either on the company side mm-hmm. or on the, the employee side? Like, I'm sure there's got to be, yeah, you know. There's like-
0: a ton of them, actually. I mean, the most common one I hear when I'm working with companies is just budgetary constraints. I mm, think that the yes. mis- misperception is that these programs are very expensive, you know, in order to activate. And really, it just takes... an an expert in the space to come in and and take a deep, hard look at your business, you know, do surveys, take some time and and look at what you've got going on in the company as far as products, services. Again, the people piece is super important, what your values are, and then dissecting all that and looking at, you know, what the resources are and how to allocate them. Um, The other piece is strategy. I think people get confused, especially, you know, those who are asking um, for support from companies, either nonprofits or individuals, that, you know, anyone who asks should be granted. And unfortunately, what companies have done, to a certain extent, it's unfortunate, is they've made a strategy with it. So they've created an atmosphere where they support causes that align with their business, or they align somehow with their mindset, something that makes sense for them to support. And it's been a necessity, really, because so many nonprofits reach out that there has to be A way in which you vet them out. And so, you know, picking cause areas that make sense for the company really helps to root that through. Um, From an employee perspective, I think a lot of the misperception is that, you know, these programs aren't built for them. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that in a lot of ways they are, um, especially with the companies that are doing it well. Um, I'll give you an example. CSAA, um, it's a AAA insurance group. They have 100% employee participation in their volunteer programs. And I think that really speaks to what they've done in putting that program together. So the industry standard for volunteer hours that are paid time off is 16 CSAAs is 24 hours Um, they lead over 600 projects a year for employees to get involved with things for the American Heart Association habitat the Crayola initiative all over the place kinds of activities then they take it another level and they have multiple day projects that impact our national parks like Yosemite and the Grand Canyon Um, so again another way that's engaging and for providing variety so that there's something for everyone they also do dollars for doers and they do matching grants so in the dollars for doers piece i don't know if everyone's familiar with that but essentially what it does is it allows you to pick your charity of choice every employee can and by doing so those 24 hours turn into a dollar amount grant for that cause nice. so by being an advocate for a cause and just using the time off that your company's already giving you in your pto you're now earning money for your charity of choice so they've made it super friendly and easy for employees to get involved. And I think by putting those measures into place, they've overcome that stigma that somehow these programs aren't employee focused.
1: I think that's huge that they're able to do that internally and allow a person to, uh, because now a person is being active in the choices that they're making and how, um, how money is being directed towards something that means something to them and impacting community. It's, it's, it's actually almost in a lot of ways inside of a company teaching uh, a next level of of choices in and executive management in a lot of ways
0: 100% yeah. you're empowering your people it develops leadership skills yes. develops more community activity and and furthermore you know the individuals that are out there doing that they're great brand ambassadors yeah. you know they're actually the very best advertising tool you can have for a company is people walking into a site to volunteer and be of service wearing a t-shirt that has your brand on it i mean right? it doesn't get much better than that
1: so true so yeah. true um so what would have been some of the? Well, actually, before I ask that question, to actually implement a program, what? How much time and effort goes into? I mean, because it, it I mean, I guess it depends on the size of the company, but it I'll does. leave that to you. Like, how much time really goes into actually setting all that up? Because it seems like a lot.
0: It is a lot of time, regardless of the size and regardless of the resources. Really, I think what de- what really like kind of dictates how much time it is, is how much support you have from your C-suite executives and your board of directors. If they're behind the effort, then you know it's really about meeting with all of the different departments. You have to work with HR, accounting, legal, marketing, communications, every different part of the business, whatever products and services are, um, just to get these programs in place. Mm. And then you really have to serve as an internal marketing tool to get people activated. And working and, and using the products and services and programs. Um, you know, there's customer facing opportunities. You can do a roundup for charity so that if someone's purchasing a product, they can add that spare change onto a donation towards a cause. There's just no shortage of things you can do. And so it's kind of, it, it can be a rollout process, um, it's ongoing. Also, the thing with CSR is it's constantly changing. Um, You know, the sustainability piece has been out there for a while. It's now considered one of the pillars in CSR diversity and inclusion, which has long been an important piece, um, is really now been incorporated in a lot of what CSR does. So, you know, you're looking at the grander picture, and you just keep adding to what the opportunities are. And so it, it I don't know that it will ever stop, which is phenomenal. Um, but it's a long process regardless, because if you want to be thoughtful and mindful and pick the right charity partners and activate the right programs for the company, you just, you have to take some time to do that.
1: You know, um, when I was, I was li- listening to you earlier and then even now as well, um, I was thinking, so being from the digital world and yeah. tech and, you know, internet, it was always interesting with consulting with companies. They go, okay, here's what we need. And I'm like, you realize it affects every single department. Mm-hmm. And so I hear what, exactly what you're saying because yeah. integration into your marketing, your accounting, your systems, your security, your infrastructure, your employees, you know, your social, your, your you know, um, I mean, you name it. Like it, it affects like a different department. Um, and yeah. it's funny how and, and what also happens is if you implement one area, somehow another area has to get tied into that. Like, oh, well, we're going to do this and this is how we're going to take payment. Like. Oh, you need to talk to our accounting department. I'm like, hundred percent. Yes, I do. And yeah. then you go into the accounting department. You're like, "This is how you've been doing accounting." Suddenly, it's like you become this. Uh, you're running their company in a weird way because you're having to solve all of the little mm-hmm. plugs and band-aids that they've been kind of, you know, piecing together piecemeal over time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you end up in these new territories of of like consulting their entire infrastructure, and you're like, "All right, you know, you can streamline your accounting doing this, this, and this," which is, you know. 16-bit encryption, which will get us this over here. But now I need to switch this up with your CR. Like it's this, it's funny how it leads.
0: You end up being a center point, yeah. and, and throughout the company, exactly I mean, it. you really are. You you're a connector. I mean, you're bringing all the departments together. Yes. It's very collaborative. Really, right. it is because you know something you might not see, another department might see, and they're going to bring that into the fold. Um, to your point.
1: Do you have a protocol and speaking, I'm, this is the consultant hat coming out right now. Do you have a protocol when you, when you go into companies now knowing how intricate it is across mm-hmm. all the different departments? Hey, this is how I'm going to work. This is how we can be successful at doing this. These are my non-negotiables because this is, I, I want to see this happen and we have to do this all together. Yeah. Right. You know, because, yeah. you know, do you ever walk away from
0: um, I have walked away from some just yeah. because they weren't a fit with my resources, but okay. but it really is looking at the support level. Yes, to be honest, if they're willing to get behind programs and put some resources into it, and you know they they're willing to pivot based on what they've already been doing, it's hard to say no to companies that want to do good work. Absolutely, you know, I mean, you want to be a part of it. And I get excited by right. their energy. Um, you know, I think sometimes they might not understand how much marketing. Um, and creative is needed because it really is a subset brand oh, of yeah. your greater brand. And so, you know, that includes everything you've got online. That includes your social media. It's a full circle process. Um, and, you know, my company has resources for that. So that is good if if needed. But it's best to have everything in house, you know, because yeah. they are they they understand their brand and their company better than anybody else. Um, but yeah, very much so.
1: It's like talking to my twin right now. It's, great. it's, great. it's so true because they're like, all right, we're going to use these external resources, but I have to train internally your yeah. people to handle these things because going forward, no one's going to be you. An external agency or resource handles multiple people. You have to have somebody in-house that's leading this initiative, that's leading the marketing, that understands the ROI when we spend you know X number of dollars on ads to do this or for the events or for this. 100%. What do we get in return? <laughs> you know, well, also. and the
0: partnership piece, I mean, I think people, right. you know, really don't understand that there's a huge piece in leading the partnerships with the nonprofits. And I feel like that's where having nonprofit experience really becomes beneficial because you know firsthand what kind of resources they have and what it looks like to work in nonprofit. And, you know, some teams are great and they're huge and mighty and others, you know, are small and have limited resources. And you have to be considerate of those nonprofits. So knowing how to work in both the corporate space and the nonprofit space is integral to being successful in a role like this.
1: Do you ever do, you, and it seems like you probably would, um, when you get the smaller companies mm-hmm. who, but they're recognizing now and early on, we want to start building now. We don't have a sizable budget. Mm-hmm but how can we lay the foundation and then continue to expand on it from there? Do you get, do you get a lot of that?
0: A lot of it. I mean, I think that's, I think that's a huge piece of the business right now. People are either realizing that they should be doing it because it's the right thing to do, or they're going to do it because they realize that there's a huge brand value play in it. So, um, either way, it's going to have a benefit for them. But at the same time, um, It is really looking at the whole picture and figuring out what makes sense for them based on the resources they have. You know, the easy way to go is always grassroots, getting employees engaged, involved, um, looking at activities that can be easily activated. Um, Programs like that are usually the least expensive and actually, I think, have most benefit long term.
1: Yeah, I I would imagine. Right. And and probably, you know, less um, Obstacles ish in the way because they're they're smaller and they're earlier on, and so it 's like i don 't know i 'm just a big proponent of let 's play for where we 're heading, um not yeah. where we 're currently at, but let 's put in the foundation of what we need now for where we 're heading.
0: Well, the best companies have it baked in to yes. their whole philosophy. I mean, you look yes. at Tom's Shoes, right? Tom's Shoes started with the one for one. I mean, that's what they're synonymous for. That's, right. you know, how they became famous. But now they're understanding that they need to do and move into different spaces of giving. And so, you know, it's very political, but they're working, you know, with legislature and Congress about changing laws um, in order to be able to purchase firearms. Um, this is total departure for them. But at the same time, they realize that with all of this brand recognition, came this opportunity for them to be a voice in other matters. Um, And so, you know, they're working with a whole bunch of different advocates. They've got a postcard writing campaign to get consumers involved. Um, It's kind of cool to see how these brands, you know, morph a little bit as time goes on. But to Tom's credit, everyone in that company gets behind what they're working on because it's a part of their baked in values that started the company. So those who do it best start with it from the foundation.
1: Uh, I wasn't aware. What, what's, what is it that Tom shoes is doing with the, the buying of the firearms?
0: Yes. Yeah, so what they're doing is they're really becoming an advocate for there to be more measures in place oh, so nice. that there is um, background checks done before individuals can walk into any location and purchase a firearm. They have put money behind it. They put about 5 million behind it. Um, you know, it, towards different organizations and groups that are advocating for that. Um, and there are, there's a host of other com- uh, companies that are doing the same thing. It's, it's just very much a departure for them in yeah. what they've done previously in providing shoes in third right. world countries, you know, for children. Um, but to their credit, they saw an opportunity in leveraging their brand. Now that they have this, this household name, they recognize that they need to do more. Um, and because, you know, they are a company that innovates, they are moving into a space that is still kind of controversial in CSR and that's politics.
1: Mm. You know, well, and, um, it's still safety of humankind. So 100%. I still, I still think it's on. There you brand. go. I like yeah. that. You can use that. If you I will. To. I'm going to borrow that one. <laughs> you should, you My should. buddy,
0: Eric, who works in CSR over there will love this. whole right? piece. He's going to be excited Safety yeah. for humankind. <laughs>
1: I, but I, I really, I think that that's exactly what it is. Um, and it was interesting because when you were saying that, I was thinking, wow, you know, um, If you got a bunch of Tom Shoes people together, different companies together, because the the hard part is obviously dealing with, we're not going to do politics here, but I'm just saying the the hard part sometimes is that, um, you know, uh, you need money to really play in some of these arenas. So could you imagine if you get, um, you know, multiple companies to kind of pull together Mm -hmm. uh, uh, funds that are sizable enough to make a dent? They're like, okay, we're talking green. So here we go. Like, let's have that kind of conversation. Money talks. Right. Money talks. You know, so. Yep. But I you know that's that's uh, but it's such a, I, I think that's cool that that Tom's is like is diversifying its kind of approach to, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, because while poverty is one. Yeah. Safety is another.
0: It, and it's something that's really rocking our country right now. I mean, let's be honest. There's every week there's a different story about that. And I think they just recognized that it was a societal issue that needed more attention and yeah. that their brand could bring that attention to it. And there's smart people over there. So right. they get it. And it's, it's just, it, it's a ballsy move. Yeah. It's a ballsy well, move to do that.
1: It, it's very ballsy. But like, I feel like, um, and this come, comes back to their brand reputation, they're not saying, like, get rid of guns and let's go extreme no. or do anything like that. They're just saying, like, hey, listen, we're all for, we're all for the rights. We just safety. we just want to make sure that our we're doing our part to make this awesome place that we live in even more awesome.
0: Exactly. You and know? there's other companies involved with them. Dick Sporting Good, I know, yeah. is another one. And they actually sell firearms. And so, right. you know, to that point, you know, they're not advocating against firearms. They're just advocating for more measures in place right. to make sure those who are purchasing them have had a background check. Um, right. for more safety
1: right i mean you know here we're in the great state of arizona so you know <laughs> the whole firearms <laughs> it's very controversial i think i think, well, I mean, I think it's a, the least uh strict state of all the states because it it's the, wild be, west, yeah. the wild west the wild west you know but no um but i no i think that that's phenomenal that they're doing um and then do you how do you view it as like a movement because there's first of all there's initiating a program because we're doing mm-hmm. the right thing but a movement is a whole other thing
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think some of these companies really understand that they have an opportunity and kind of an obligation to spearhead things that are going to change the world, Um, whether it's a small community at a time or it's a larger piece. Um, Have you ever heard of the wonderful company? Do you yeah. the wonderful yeah. company? Yeah. I love that name. Um, you know, they uh, have a host of natural kind of products. Mm-hmm. The Resnicks own it. They're very philanthropic people. But what they've done is started a movement just within a community. They took uh, a rural community, Hidden Hills, California, and they've put in a whole infrastructure. And within the company, then, they've created such a movement. And within this community, that they've turned the crime around. They've turned around resources. They now have new schools, new streets, new community centers. Um, they have you know subsidized housing Um, they've created a whole movement based on just their wanting to help a certain community that you know is within the realm of where their workers are so they're also you know helping their own Um, but you know they're ushering it into a whole new place if you see pictures of this community before and after the wonderful company got a hold of it it's night and day it's pretty fantastic
1: that's that's phenomenal and i and i mean you, you see this, you hear about this in um, cities that, you know, used to be, you know, in their, the top five worst that all of a sudden ended up in the top 10 best, you know, simply from, um, yep. you know, having companies that go in there and actually implement like, hey, this is about quality of life as well.
0: Yeah, and they've you know. done a whole other level of it. You know, you yeah. see. I mean, a lot of companies do a lot of good, but they'll piecemeal it, right? They'll do right. something here and something over there. This company has really decided that they're going to take over this whole community and just redo everything. So, um, hats off to them. You right? know, I mean, it takes a lot of work to 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 do this kind of work and and this large scale of an effort.
1: I feel like people, um, when like the Resnicks, are, are the, you're, you're playing on such a high level of awareness mm-hmm. and fearlessness yeah and limitlessness that you know it's just there's no question it's going to happen and aren't we grateful to be doing it 100% you know?
0: and they have the the success professionally yes. that you know they have that name cachet mm-hmm. the brand they've already developed you know is looked upon uh you know in a good light so they're the right people to be leading these kinds of things and pushing it forward because they're not scared
1: right yeah no, it's 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 phenomenal to see how um, impact has this ripple effect, uh-huh. and and that's what I think I like about business in the sense of it doesn't just start and end with you and the customers and the relationship. It goes well into their livelihood and the community that they live in, yeah. and then the community that that inhabits in the the country or the state that it's in, and then. so forth and so on and how that actually you know the ripple effect out and i think that that's where where we're it's becoming more aware than ever before also the internet and media helps have are you noticing i wanted to ask this earlier. are you noticing a lot more um of these brands that when they're doing csr programs using content and media to like bring it to you know which is now (laughs) now now we're in my now we're in my neck of the yeah now we're really in our kind of synergy space
0: um hundred percent. I mean, all you have to do is start paying attention to the commercials that go on, especially television commercials. I mean, for those of us who still watch TV, I guess, um, and don't stream everything, Um, you know, most companies that are doing large scale CSR programs or have an initiative in place are advertising that. And, you know, it's twofold, right? They're helping society by being a voice for something that needs to be spoken about. And then they're also gaining brand recognition by being the company that's ushering in that. You know, Anheuser-Busch is a great example of that. Um, Clearly, you know, they're an alcohol brand, um, but you'll be hard pressed to find a Super Bowl where they don't have an ad in there that's based on being uh, safe regarding drinking and driving and not doing so. Um, you know whether it's I think it was two or three years ago they had one with an adorable puppy and it was about you not making it home to the puppy if you were you know that irresponsible and drinking and driving, um. So again, like that's something that it's a societal issue that needs to be spoken about. They're a company that it makes sense for them to get behind that based on what their products is, and you know they have now they're gaining great brand recognition as someone who's supportive of Mm. doing the right thing.
1: That's amazing. That's actually a really great example. Um, yeah, Anheuser-Busch, not a lot of people realize that. Because, you know, it's like they think like, uh, oh, well, they're an alcohol company. It's like, yeah, they, but that's exactly
0: how you pick the causes you get involved with, though. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, there's always a downside exactly. to every kind of company, yes. whether it's, you know, if you're a tech company, it might be cybersecurity. Yes. That you get involved with. And that makes sense for you to get involved with. You also have the unique technical knowledge. And you know, understanding of your industry that you can be a leader in making positive change. So, again, the best CSR programs are tied to the products and services of the company itself.
1: So true, and 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 I love the fact that we're living in a time now where it's easier to get that message out there in ongoing campaigns with social and content and vlogging and, you know, media. I mean, you you name it in podcasts. I mean, literally, there are podcasts that are even coming up where that... Oh, yeah. They're specifically for a division of the company or of the cause for that company. It ends up ironically becoming even bigger than the company that then draws in more awareness, customers, uh, relationships, partnerships, resources, everything, you know.
0: Well, Subaru is another one. I don't even know that I've seen a commercial for Subaru in some time that was based on an actual... Vehicle they were mm-hmm. producing it 's been about this share the love event they call it, mm-hmm. and what it does is as you purchase a Subaru, um, they give money and they 've given like one hundred and forty million something mm-hmm. ridiculous to make a wish organizations you know throughout the country um, to several different nonprofits ASPCA is a big one for mm-hmm. them um, and it 's all based on who buys a subaru it 's the ultimate roundup campaign, I guess you would say, but It has become central to their branding you know they they really their social media you look at their website everything they do is centered around this share the love initiative um and again that just shows csr is very tied into marketing it just you know the only caveat i give with that is it it has to have a piece that really does positively impact society because that is one of the pitfalls is when companies you know place their csr program within a marketing division and it it just becomes a straight up marketing piece, as opposed yeah. to a, a cultural piece in helping people.
1: And and you hear about this all the time in um, with within media and content, and you know some of the some of the bigs online that that really talk about it. You've got to be your whole authentic self in yeah. in, in anything with your brand, um, especially in marketing campaigns like that, because otherwise it loses its. Um, it's a connection with the people Mm -hmm. right, right away. And it's like, oh, you're just a marketing center. Oh, you know, you're just going green because of this. Oh, you're just doing that because of the, yeah, okay. And consumers
0: are already skeptical. And they've become savvy enough to see the difference between companies that are doing it legitimately and those that are doing it because they, you know, are getting on the bandwagon or using it for promotions. Um, And again, I think that's where some of the full circle process comes into play too. Like, are they giving those paid time off hours to employees? Are they, you know, initiating things within the company like, diversity and inclusion programs, things that might not be as visible to the public, but nonetheless are just as powerful in serving their internal community with their employees.
1: Customers are smarter than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. They have access to more information than they've ever had. And it's a vibe. It's a feeling. They, they yeah. you know, and, and like attracts like on top of that. But I mean, they can they can feel where you're coming from. And you're right. Oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's more skepticism because of the people who've t- kind of taken advantage of that. But then they're loyal, so loyal to the ones that are just. This is who I am. This is what we're doing, and, and we, we're doing this all together.
0: Hundred percent, they'll stick with that brand, you know, throughout their lifetime. Um, you know, I have been approached by a few companies to do some consulting work for them. That it was the reverse philosophy. So they were about to have something hit the media that was going to be detrimental to their brand, and they were looking to scurry and put CSR programs into place. Um, to use them to leverage them as a band-aid for what they knew was about to hit, and that's been the situations where I felt the most uncomfortable because mm. you want them to launch these pro- and these are big companies. You want right. them to launch these programs because you know they can do so much good, but the impetus behind them is just right. so you know skewed and incorrect that it, it just it hurts your spirit a little bit when you work in this arena. Mm. Like you want it to be the other way of thinking.
1: I. I- I completely get that. I, and there is, um, obviously, I don't know from a CSR standpoint, but so you do know the story of Domino's, what happened with Domino's. No, tell me. So it was uh, a, a, quite a few years back now. Well, not quite a few, but, you know, it was some, some years back, um, all the data and feedback that was coming in about their pizza was just horrible. Okay. And so the CEO made a bold decision. He says, All right, we're going to talk about this like publicly. Yeah. And they put it into their commercials and they said, We reached out and you guys said we sucked. <laughs> <laughs> People like that honesty, they though. They do. They do. And so they actually ran a campaign in front of the world on how they were improving everything in the process. Stock went through the roof the next, like, uh, Isn't it, interesting? it was like the next, I think it was like. Mm-hmm. 12 quarters it was it was or, or 18 or 20 some quarters i mean it was a lot of you know you know it was in um but up until that they were they were struggling a little bit and and they had to make a big, a big change And the ceo said all right you know we're gonna do things transparently and we're gonna own it i guess that the reason i was thinking of that is because i was thinking about the companies that approach you they they have something that's about to happen that's going to come to market they want to band-aid it with a csr program yeah. it's like don't blurry one good deed with a mistake
0: you have to own that mistake, and own that's the mistake. really the best way to overcome it. Actually, yes. is by coming out in front of it, yes, and owning it, and then saying, "But look what we're doing to take measures to make things better." Yes. and then own the the beneficial things you're doing yes. moving forward. But without that previous step, it, you know, it's so inauthentic.
1: It is, and in fact, um, you know, I'm uh, words mean nothing to me. I think over the last so many years, you probably, you know, after a while, of being getting experience, uh, actions are everything. Yeah, and so in essence, if you were to own the mistake as a company own it and then earn the respect back by implementing programs now you're showing the work behind um, earning that respect That's, that goes way further than me than trying to band-aid something 100% right?
0: I mean if you've had some environmental issues by becoming then an advocate for environmental change doing something you know radical in that space that very much helps the brand right. rebound. But, you know, again, if you don't own it, then that's what people are always going to think about.
1: And it's interesting because if you, if you were to break it down in simplest form, that's also life. Uh-huh. Like when, when we're not, nobody is perfect. Mistakes happen. In fact, the only way you can make better things happen is when mistakes happen. Because you're like, I didn't see that coming. Well, that's how you learn. We didn't know that was going to happen. Okay, now I'm an advocate for this area of my life because I don't want that to happen again. People see the work and they respect that. And the ones that don't, well, you know, hey. <laughs> but, Pretty much yeah. yeah I mean you know Yeah you gotta go if There's you, not if space for everybody Yeah right right I'm only taking the good ones with me <laughs> <laughs> There's only room for the good ones No uh, I'd totally feel you on that um, and so uh, and what what cool projects do you have can you talk about some of the projects you have I mean going I've got right some
0: now? NDAs going on right now right, so okay. I probably won't ne- mention company names um, uh, doing some board mapping you know yeah. so a lot of companies some of their entree into corporate philanthropy is really activating employees in that regard and that especially happens when there's a skill set involved so whether it's attorneys accountants something like that where they can really be beneficial on a board of directors um, so looking at you know what makes sense, for the company's values what's going to give them kind of the best connectivity to help grow their business and also what makes sense for the actual employees what's going to get them uh, motivated it has to be an authentic fit like you can't put an employee who is an animal advocate over at you know the heart society necessarily or American <laughs> Heart Association it might not work Um And then a a rather large-scale project coming up with a communications company where it's just really going to be re-strategizing everything they do, which is what I really love to do the most. Um, So looking at the business, looking at what they've done previously, um, really benchmarking what competitors in the space are doing, so seeing what they're doing well and not so well in order to make improvements, of course, and, you know, putting those programs into place um, for them. And and it'll it'll be something that is definitely marketing-driven. But nonetheless, the company itself, you know, has already put into place the values and programs that impact them authentically internally.
1: I like that your strategy and execution.
0: Yeah, yeah. It just depends on the company, though. Sometimes I I go in and and that's a little bit of the frustration, too, is you go in and you you create a great strategy and they're like, well, train this person to implement it then. And and you do that, but it's out of your hands. I
1: know. It's out of your hands. The hardest thing, um, you know, I... I, I had to learn that in consulting and uh, my father, God rest his soul, he, he would always say, because um, I get frustrated, he'd say, it's yeah. not your baby. And I'm like, but I want to see this company do well. I want to see this mm-hmm. take place. This is what they've been, this is the answers to what they're looking yeah. to do. And he goes, it's still not your baby. Yeah. And that's hard. That's a hard, you know, that it, it helped me understand about who to align with and, and why um, and what kind of conversations to have up front. But yeah that's hard because you if you know this formula for success yeah and all and it, and you prepare it and it's ready for launch and it's not done. It's almost heartbreaking, at least for and me. And I've had was, some yeah. of those happen yeah. where
0: I've handed over a great strategy and then the company decided you know, they weren't going to invest and do a right. lot of the programs. And that's heartbreaking because, you know, really when you get in there, you, you create relationships with these people. And, uh, you know, as someone who really is a proponent for societal change, you know, you, you have an affinity for that work. And so you really, you know, you want it to follow through. Yeah. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen in all cases. That's and you true. just kind of have to... Learn to brush it off and move on to the next, and realize you know you, you gave them something beneficial. Hopefully someday they use it.
1: Right? Yeah. No. It's 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 like, mm-hmm. do I love this company more than you? Yeah. <laughs> <Like> you, gotta, <laughs> you know, you like what do you mean you guys aren't going to do this? No, but I, it, but it's um, but it comes with the territory, and I and it I to, and I totally get it. Um, that's why you either have your own thing or you know you help others. Um. Or you can do a combination of both, obviously. Yep. Um, but uh, that's look you you doing some incredible work already. So and I can only imagine the resources that it takes to implement all of this stuff. Um. We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a bunch of uh, resources yeah. that crisscrossed there. So. There we go. Um, no, but uh, where, where can everybody find out about 1111 Consulting, you, everything? Yeah,
0: it's 1111consulting.com. It's the number 11, then the word 11consulting.com. It's Tyler at 1111consulting.com. And then my blog um, and column, which is now going to be an in business magazine. And it's going to be really focused on CSR stories of companies that are doing things great. And uh, that's givinginstyle.net, And so really through those two um, vehicles, I try to, like, share as much stories and information um, as well as serve as an expert in this space.
1: I like it. I just pulled it up right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody listening, givinginstyle.net. Go immediately. Subscribe immediately. Just do it. <laughs> That's the relationship we <laughs> have. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's the relationship we have. No, 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 no. But they're um, but they know I, it's a very intentional podcast, and so we bring on very intentional people. Love no, it. but I uh, this is this is amazing what you've got um going on, and um, and then also on Instagram or Facebook, can they all call? of them
0: at, at Tyler J Butler at Eleven Eleven Consulting at Giving and Style. So I, you know, post based on what each of those platforms makes sense and what's personal to me or what I'm doing business-wise, so it's different for all of them. I will, if it's okay, give a little plug to my girlfriend Sarah Benkin and the No Tribe. Um, She's now recruiting for a No Tribe project. So what this is, Matt, and it's really interesting. In fact, we should talk about who else to get involved. Um, It is an organic book. That's created based on women supporting other women, and so um, it's just an opportunity to showcase really great business women and ones that are recommended by others. Um, so I've been in the book myself, and and again, it's they're getting ready to recruit for their new book.
1: Yeah, no, I um, I'm I, so I'm an advocate for some of these things that have been coming out uh, over the last like couple of years, and it's and it's interesting because um, I. I, I get it. There's um, a lot of them for the for the women organizations, and and then you see ones for the men organization. And I'm just like, I just want the men and women to come together. But there's <laughs> yeah. one coming out for that. Is there good? Oh good. yeah, I'll share that with you. Good. Yeah, it's good. on a later date because I
0: don't know what I'm allowed to share. Uh,
1: that. That, no, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. And um, but I think it's uh, so. Uh, you know, I guess it is, it's funny because it was also the way I was raised. Like um, I was raised around um, amazing women, yeah, who um, did such amazing work, and um, I didn't. I wasn't always aware I mean I knew um, from friends and family but I wasn't always aware of some of the inequality that was happening uh, in the workplace Mm -hmm. but I was aware of it and I thought it was always wrong because like for me knowing how strong and powerful and smart women are I'm like there's no way they, they they should ever not be treated the same Wait, so you know but but it's always, I get it. I grew
0: up with a whole bunch of men in construction. Were, yeah. we're in my dad's company, and <laughs> yeah. so I yeah. was just one of the guys, and just always you know saw no inequality there. There was yeah. females on those crews too, yep. yeah. and my parents always empowered me to you can do anything you want, just put your mind to it. And it's just interesting how it's become such a, a subject point and a topic now, and how there is kind of this you know segregating right. in these right. kinds of uh, awards or books or right. whatever you want to call them going on. Um, but it's bringing us back together, I yeah. hope. I hope it's creating, you know, more synergy amongst the sexes and and making things a little bit easier.
1: We'll create a new one. We'll create a new we a new should. one We're with men and women. Yes. You know, perfect. Done and done. I seem to create a new the project. The hustle of giving. <laughs> the, <laughs> the hustle of giving. The hustle of giving. Amen to yeah. that. You know, because it is a lot of work. It is. You know, but it's, um, anything was brought up on a previous podcast, um, you know, giving is uh, limitless. Um, getting is, uh, has... um like capacity you can only get you know like getting has a um boundaries 100%. Uh, but giving is limitless. It is. It rejuvenates right. you. Yeah.
0: I, and I think that's a big part of volunteering is, is you is. have an intrinsic high from it. And so that's why those programs are important too.
1: That's amazing. Well, you know, it's a journey-driven podcast, so you're welcome back anytime. Okay. Six months from now, a year from now, you want to discuss something else or another topic uh, that you're seeing. Uh, I'm sure as you continue to... <laughs> I will have something to, for yeah. you at some point. I, You know, I once had somebody ask me with content. They said, um, you know, will you ever run out? I'm like, no. And they're like, why and I'm like are you kidding me I'm like life itself is revealing to me stuff mm-hmm. every day I'm like let alone the stuff that I'm learning in business <laughs> some well of the you're that connected say. to so many great people yeah, yeah. You know, but it's so funny when people are like you ever run out. I'm like, as long as you're alive, there is no possible way to run out of the <laughs> types of, you know, um, you know, experiences or the things that, you know, we, we come across or lessons that we learn. But
0: um, well, and life's yeah. a journey, as you said. Yeah, so absolutely. it's always changing.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on Tyler. I Thank really you for it.
0: having me. I just adore you, Matt. I'm Thank just you. so thankful to have you as a friend and to be sharing today.
1: I'm 25 years strong. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> we got to <laughs> make up for last time. I really, I really appreciate you. Everybody listening. Tyler J. Butler on Instagram. 11 the number 11 and then 11 spelled out consulting.com mm-hmm. uh 11 the number 11 then then spelled out 11 consult, <laughs> consulting on instagram um and then uh in style. giving in net. make sure you check that out uh if you guys want reach out to her if you guys are either you know you're a small business or you work for a small business or all the way up to like a big panels corporate, speaking big engagements anything yeah, that, i love to help this is a you know a topic that is um often talked about and not easy to either a find a resource or be someone that can speak on it so you're very lucky in that aspect I, <laughs> so hey, I got ahead, ahead of the been, curve a little you, bit be, I, I mean it. there's
0: people ahead of me but I'm still in a good spot it.
1: you'll be busy for a long time yes thank you so much Tyler I really appreciate you thank being you on the Matt. show absolutely and so everybody please check her out as you guys know um, again I can't say it enough we're very community driven go check her out online comment um, when this podcast launches let us know how we did let us know any of your thoughts She's available. I'm available to to talk to you guys for outreach. Really appreciate all the comments you guys leave and the ratings and the reviews. We, uh, I I feel blessed by it. Uh, we're up to about 3.2 million downloads. Wow, and that's growing. amazing! Crazy. Kudos, it's crazy Good job! Thank you, crazy. And it's I, funny
0: to see each other grow up, isn't right, it right? too? I mean, to hear that, I'm like, right? wow, that's amazing.
1: I've you know I, I've never been more adult and getting back to the kid in me at the same time. That's <laughs> so, perfect. You know, that's it's what life's a perfect about. combination, right? Exactly. Um, and so we're really grateful and thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. And for Tyler, for myself, Matt Gossman, and for Household Separately, we are out.